8.04 p.m. on this Tuesday night live from BurgerFi, uh, as we always are, live from BurgerFi downtown Auburn. Uh, Rob Pate, Justin Hokinson here, uh, talking a little Auburn football. Uh, before we get going into the show, let everybody kind of tune in. Uh, uh, make sure, I put it in the comments of the show, make sure and like and share the broadcast and the page. So everybody that likes both likes and shares our broadcast and also goes and likes um, the pages of Pro Car Care. So like their Instagram account and go on Facebook and like their page there. Um, they will pick winners from there. We're going to do it a little different. So you have to do both. You have to like and share our broadcast and you have to be a new like on their Facebook and Instagram accounts. Uh, and then they will, they will find winners based on you liking their page as well as ours. Um, and they'll reach out to people and, and for free car washes and car details. So appreciate Pro Car Care uh, and Opelika being a sponsor of the show. And then, of course, uh, Burger Fi, as always, um, as always, uh, being an awesome sponsor. Austin, a little bit more. Turn it up. Turn Check, check. There we go. There we go. That music's just a little bit loud tonight, but it's all good. Uh, Rob, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. So every every night, Rob Rob pops in here a little, you know, like twenty minutes before because he's got flag football games going on. Last week it was a it was just a milk the clock. Yeah. Last week defensive struggle seven to nothing. You won though. Went to went to four zero last week, and and then tonight tonight we took our first loss. First loss of the season. Yeah, we um, gave up a touchdown pass with a minute left and lost fourteen to six. Ooh. And uh, huh. had to call the boys on the way home, my twin seven-year-olds. Uh, first first game they lost, and uh, had to tell them I was proud of them for playing playing to the to the end. Playing to the whistle blows. Yeah. So first loss of the season, tough. Yeah. yeah. Rob walks in and says, uh, Rob walks in and says, those. What'd you say? They're loaded. He said they're loaded. I said, they were these loaded. kids. He said about six or six or seven. <laughs> You know, they're six and seven. Six and seven year olds, yep. and they're and they're loaded. They had a stacked team, loaded with uh, loaded with talent, big kids, which got us talking about the high school football team in Washington, I believe it is, who apparently is just a bunch of NFLers and teams are forfeiting, which I've never heard of such a thing. But you were telling me about they're a private school and they recruit and they've got all the best athletes. Yeah, it's just it's not like uh, it's not a very obvious. I guess it's not a very big region. And so if you're recruiting all the best athletes, the rest of the teams are just way outmatched. Yeah, it's kind of like Hoover, you know. I mean, that far outmatched at 17 or 18. How does that team have kids that look like? Well, because they do like like Hoover does in Birmingham when when they spot a good kid at Oak Mountain really? or Spain Park. The then then, then they go extend an olive branch. Hey, bring your family in here. We're going to make our opponents weaker. We're going to make us stronger, and we're just going to run roughshod over the entire region. That's how we're starting. That's how they do it. How we do it. <laughs> My brother like coaches Spain Park, so, oh, I, so I, I have to say that. I know he does, and he's always watching. Philip, uh, we love you. Uh, used to used to used to call him Pain Park. Um, that was that was enjoyable um, for for the, for the amount of years that uh, Hoover won and the Spain Park broke through. Last year, yeah, Spain Park and, beat them uh, twice. First time in school history. Did their thing, um, but that's okay. That's okay. We won't dive into the Birmingham. Uh, High school football scene. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, like and share the broadcast for a chance to win uh, free car wash and detail from Pro Car Care. Uh, and go like their Facebook and Instagram pages as well here at Burger Fi in downtown Auburn. Uh, and Steven, wa- Steven's wanting to talk hoops, man. Hoops, hoops. Yeah, shocker. Basketball. Uh, we're a basketball school now. Mark my words. We, we are. We are. <laughs> and we'll get into that. We're hoping. Everybody, hope everybody's watching. We're, we're trying. We're working. 
to try to get uh, Bruce Pearl on the show. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. Um, so it'd be, we're trying next week uh, with the bye week, um, but we'll see. No guarantees, but we're working on that. So we'll have plenty of basketball coverage once basketball season starts, and we'll go through basketball season. We'll go all, we're going all the way through. We're not just a football show for those people watching. We're going through recruiting. We'll go through signing day, through basketball season, all the way into next spring. So um, it's uh, And then depending on how the show grows and uh, what we're looking like next next spring, we'll, 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 we'll dictate what break we take off next summer. Um, probably a couple of months there where it's kind of dead and then pop back up. So uh, we'll definitely talk lots and lots of hoops. Um, all right, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, everybody saw Saturday. Auburn goes to Starkville and uh, is up 35 nothing at halftime on Mississippi State. Wins the game 38-14. Um, just, you know, a, an absolute dominating performance. Um, and it didn't start that way. Boy, how many people raise your hand? When that interception happened, just immediately you went two years ago. Yeah. You just immediately, because, of course, two years ago, Auburn goes in there as, in that top five matchup and starts their first two possessions off with picks. Yeah. Play, play, first play on both, and interception, interception. So they throw that interception, and I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, especially a ball that should have been caught. Mm-hmm. The difference was this time, you know, Mississippi State misses that field goal, and you could feel it. It was like... It was a sigh of relief, like, okay, reset. Yeah. Now let's go. It, it was, and I almost thought not just a reset, but it, it, both teams got into the game a little bit. Then you reset it, and it, and it was like, okay, Auburn um, actually has a chance here and just played outstanding first half, uh, let down a little bit on the on the second half in terms of defense. Uh, that that happens, though. I mean, 35 nothing. I'm sure you were sitting there going, I, I probably bet Mississippi State scores a couple of touchdowns. Oh, it is so hard to keep that level. As soon as you drop the level, you can't get it back. So – Few touchdowns by Mississippi State, not a big deal. Offense kind of went into a shell and just ran the ball and ran the clock. Um, so really, the first half was the story. And if Auburn wanted to keep their throat, keep the gas pedal down, they could have maybe they give up some scores in the second half, but they still scored fifty. Um, what were your thoughts watching it, watching it unfold? Um, Thirty-five, nothing happened. Every, everything went Auburn's way. The fumble recovery by Mont Adams for a touchdown. Um, you know, you called it. I think the the most dominating. Uh, performance since LSU, but what were your thoughts when you're when you're watching this? And we've been waiting all year to see some kind of consistency. Well, I mean, it was just it was joyful to watch uh, to to see those guys walk into somebody else's stadium and just have their will, have their way. Um, it's been a long time since we've witnessed that, so to see them come out and to execute a plan, um, a, a solidly crafted plan, um, to overcome adversity, both of them, um, you know, right out of the gate. Um, you know, even before the kid had missed the field goal, just the fact that they went out there and, and forced that field goal um, after the offense had, had uh, turned the football over, given Mississippi State a red zone to start the game, a red zone possession, you know, that was a win in and of itself. Uh, missing the field goal was just icing on the cake. Yeah. And uh, and then to take that second drive, I thought the second drive of the game, where we went down and, and punched it in um, with the pass to, to Ryan Davis, I thought that was the best drive of this season. Um, hands down. Brett Lashley did a phenomenal job of mixing plays, getting the ball to lots of different people, adding some new wrinkles with that little um, pass, the delay pass to Chandler Cox out in the flat. A couple of passes. A lot of tempo that we saw and just spreading the ball out, doing a lot of different things. I mean, it just just looked great. And uh, defensively, they just continue to come play, uh, forcing some some turnovers and, uh, you know, something that 
you know, they've done really good at, uh, at, at, at getting off the football field. We haven't had a lot of turnovers. We were, we're minus uh, going into that game. I, I think yeah. we're still probably even or maybe even minus uh, on turnovers uh, after that yeah. game. Yeah, but, um, uh, but, but what they did there, anytime you get a defensive score, man, you tip your hat to the defense. I mean, that's just so difficult to do. So, uh, you know, all in all, I, it, 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 the first half, you look at each other, you know, at my house, and we're like, that was fun. You know, I wish we, let's do this every week. And um, I, I think probably the one thing was when they came out in the second half, you would have liked to have seen them come out and just and just put it away and, and not let it just just sort of you know not not That's just tough for for Auburn um, if they if they don't make the decision for an offense like Auburn if 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 they're not you know it pedal, is pedal down with that offense if it's not pedal down it, it, it it's it's not. You're really just using clock. And well, just kind of just get, getting the opportunity for the second guys to be able to come in and get a lot of valuable reps. I thought that that would have been that would have been nice to have happened if, yeah. if you get your backup quarterback some some get his feet wet. If you're just going to run the ball, you know, get him comfortable doing. It. I mean, at least he gives you the added dimension that he may keep the ball. But yeah. getting other guys involved, yeah, I think that's probably the one thing that uh, that you would have liked to have seen in the second half. But yeah. at the same time, I get it. I mean, you're on the road, and you you want your guy that's your starter to be in there and protect the football. And um, so I, I don't I don't fault them for doing that at all. It's just one of the things that selfishly you you want to see them continue to put points on the board and continue to be aggressive. But man, you walk out of there with a with a three touchdown win. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's you, you can't ask for more. I mean, that was just phenomenal. Yeah, great performance um, against a Mississippi State team that's uh, they're not good. No, they're not. They're not um, great. But, but they're not terrible either. They're, you know, we expected a whole lot more. The most impressive part of the game is uh, Auburn's running football. Uh, you know, Mississippi State came in as a statistically a, a pretty good rush defense, uh, and they have a pretty good front. I mean, in the past few years, they're generally a physical, mean, mean group. So, you know, I think I think that was probably the biggest surprise was Auburn's offensive line for the first time all year really mashing, really mashing people, um, and, and with Cameron Petway too, which is more impressive because you know Petway's not not not. That he's not breaking any long runs. Right. He's not making people. He's just going to go straight forward. Yeah. So the fact that he had the production he did um, with no real dynamic ability. Cameron Petway is just an athletic, big, strong running back, um, durable guy with no no big big playability like you have with Carry On. But the positive with him was that even when Mississippi State was right, even when they defended the play, and there was really nowhere to go, they had stuffed it. He still picked up three, four yards. Yeah. I mean, he just pushed that pile forward, and Auburn was never behind the chain. So, I mean, Coach Lashley always had the whole playbook at his disposal because Petway was so so physical at pushing Boy, the pile. Twenty something carries in the first half. <laughs> I kept thinking Cameron Cameron Martin was going to be 50. was going to be the guy in the second half, but it just kept being uh, it kept being Petway. Um, but he's such a big, strong guy. There's no issue with carries for him. I well, mean, but it does just, it, it does speak to his physical endurance though, yeah. because it, you know some of those drives, I just thought he's got to be tired. He's got man, that's so, so many carries, and you yeah. just think that surely they'll go somewhere else. But no, they just kept feeding him and kept feeding him, and and if they can't stop it, then I, I think that that's great. And the, and really, I think that had a big that had a big part of why Auburn did what they did in the first half. I mean that that Mississippi State defense was was demoralized. I mean, yeah. there a couple of drives in, it's fourteen, and it gets to twenty one, and they're running the ball. You could see. I mean, I think it was on. I think it was on maybe the the third touchdown where Petway ran it in and. 
busted busted that guy, and that guy kind of just half tried to tackle him and then rode him into the end zone. It was like they were just very tired, very, very fatigued. And I think at one point in the first half, I heard the stat that Auburn had run like 35 plays or maybe 38 plays, and 33 had gained yardage. Now, that you might think, well, yeah, we gained yards. No, no. I mean – 33 of 38 didn't just not not negative not incomplete or zero they right. literally gained yardage 33 of 38 plays and every play Auburn was just moving forward 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 that was the best thing for me to see was of course you like seeing the touchdowns you like seeing um, you know the domination in the first half but I think for this Auburn offense and what you're used to seeing you like seeing smart football great play call oh what a play call that was whoa that great execution that's what you like seeing um, compared to what you saw in the first part of the season and, and going back last year. So it's just as enjoyable for me to see a 28 nothing score. That could happen. You could you could bust a long run and hit a long bomb and be up. Oh, yeah. And it's not the same execution um, as what you saw Saturday. I mean, Auburn was just clicking. Great play calls. Um Timely catches, great catch. I mean, it was just it was just all around. Guys were making plays. I mean, the, the touchdown to Ryan Davis, awesome play call. Um, the the the, the uh, play action to Chandler Cox, they yes. almost scored. Great play call. Uh, just a lot of those. So as much as the score, the 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 way Auburn got there and the consistency as for what they you know for how they got there was. Which yeah, that is important. And and through the air, going over the top to uh, to Tony Stevens, you know, a couple of times was big. And, and going back to him after he after he dropped that pass, that was big. You know, sometimes in the past we've had the ability, we've had the, the inability to do that. A kid fumbles and we don't see him play again. A kid drops a pass and we don't see him play again. Instead, yeah. instead this this staff decided to go straight back to him and let him get back in the game and, and let him let him make up and make amends for uh, the mistake that he made. So I thought that was big, um, and, and then having Kyle Davis over the middle. I mean, that kid is going to be a breakout star. That is um, that pretty is, soon. And yeah. once they give him something other than just that, you know, once once people start realizing, hey, he's their go-to guy over the middle, he's going to start having some things that are going to open up vertically too, yeah. because they're going to crowd down on it. Yeah. He's going to be able to use that athleticism and speed to run past safety. So uh, I look for that to, to emerge as we go forward. And. And, you know, just so many guys that caught passes in that game. I mean, Ryan Davis looked good. And, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, I mean, just go down the list. They, they were able to spread the ball a lot and, and get the ball in the playmaker's hands. And we've struggled with that. You know, for, for the last year and a half, we, we've talked about playmakers that we can't get the ball to. And Coach Lashley has done a good job of, of devising schemes in order to get that ball two people that can they can do something with it. Well, you see, you've got guys that all do. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You've got guys on that offense now that all do different things. Kyle Davis, and it's just – this is where when I did cover recruiting, I enjoyed it so much now because I saw Kyle Davis camp at Auburn as a sophomore. He was he, – literally, I think I've told this story before, we created his rivals profile at that camp at Auburn. Um, and he comes in, he's this big kid, and what he what he's doing now is exactly what he did at the camp, and it's exactly what got him on the radar. That kid would go over the middle, he would be draped by somebody, and he caught everything, everything. And I'm, I'm thinking, this kid's hands are amazing. I mean, he'd have guys hanging on him, didn't matter. He was catching the ball, didn't matter. Go over the middle, he throw it in his vicinity, and he caught everything. And he that, and so watching him now, like it's, 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 that's what he's made to do. Now, he can get deep. And he's got that skill, 
but he's just you saw on one of the routes that he caught he catches it he gets lit up and he just he just, yeah. he just and then just goes through and go yeah. down right um, which is he's just such a physical player but back to the point you've got guys on offense that can do everything you've got Kyle Davis that can do that you got Tony Stevens that can kind of do anything he can get downfield um, you've got Ryan Davis, and you see his role. Um, Stan Truett now has his role. You see Chandler Cox has the ability to get out of the backfield. Um, Which is big. I mean, that's that's something that they've really missed with no tight end. Yeah. And, and being able to slip a guy out in, in that role and, and take advantage of the flat. And, and you know, he's a guy that, that if you're a defensive end or a linebacker and you see him coming your way over the last year and a half, well, you just haven't expected him to not hit you. you you've expected him to, um, to block and for him to, to – to you know, escape and to get out there in the flat and sort of hide—that's uh, something that teams have to defend now. They have to prepare for, and uh, you know, it's just another wrinkle. It's another thing that defenses have to spend time worrying about. Yeah. And when you play this offense, you know, historically, that's that's the tough thing. It's preparation. It's all the different things that they throw at you. Even though you may see the same play, just the the movement and the formation and and and, and those sorts of things. That that's what they're getting back to. Yeah. And and I think that that's vital for them to have success there. It really is, and so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they continue to develop because I think guys are finding their roles, which is which is the number one thing in any team. Football, basketball, it doesn't matter. The, as soon as your team, whatever, you, offense, defense, whatever, as soon as your team finds their role and you look across the board and you see every player and you go, okay, he's kind of got his niche, he's kind of got his niche. When that starts to happen, you have, you, have a, you have a good football team, and you have a, potentially a dangerous football team. Basketball, football, it doesn't matter. As soon as you look up there and say, everybody's kind of got their role, everybody's had a little bit of success in their role, um, then you become a dangerous team. And that's kind of what's starting to happen with Auburn. Receivers starting to find their niche. Petway's got his niche. on Johnson was finding his groove. Um, he, his injury is not too serious. He's got a week off. Um, he, he should play against Arkansas. Whether he'll be 100%, we don't know, but – uh, he should play, um, but you see guys on that offense kind of finding their edge. Even the offensive line. It's the second game where Golson's played center, and um, uh, James Darius uh, James, uh, tackle, James yeah. has played uh, tackle, and, which was big. They've done and they've done well. I, now I don't know. I, I don't want to. I still I'm still reluctant to say. I do think now now that unit should start at Arkansas, but you know really I think they've just built depth. I don't think if you put Dampier in. I don't know that they're not – I think they're just getting better, and Dampier would be a part of that getting better. I, yeah, but I, this unit's playing really well, and so you stay with it. Yeah, I don't think that it's anything that Xavier Dampier has, has not, not done sure or not accomplished. Going, well, people probably think I was like an issue or something, <laughs> which, is, which I don't think is true. Coaches are always really keen on, on a guy not losing his position over injury. But at the same time, when you when you find something that works, you're not going to move away from it. And and I think the reason why it was important for Golson to go in there, even if you that have a could be the issue. even Golson if moving away tackle, that could be the well, issue. even if you had a 100 percent Austin or uh, Xavier Dampier to go into Mississippi State, I think yeah. I think the value of having Austin Golson go in there is that he's gone into opposing teams stadiums and, and led the offensive line. He, yeah. He's made the calls, and Dampier has not. Yeah. And so having somebody that is experienced, that everybody can, can rally around and can mold around in a hostile environment, I, I think that's important. You know, I, I could not believe that we could still do a snap cadence with Sean White slapping his hands. You know, I, I thought about, if you've walked, if you've watched all of our games, we, we go, he calls already when he slaps his hand. You can hear it reverberate throughout our stadium. Yeah. You could still hear that in Starkville, and that 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 speaks to what that defense was doing and how yeah. 
how uh, that offensive line was was annihilating and, and, and controlling the line of scrimmage. But having that experience, I think, paid dividends. And, I, you know, Darius James has looked really good. And, uh, you know, he's a five-star kid that transferred from Texas that uh, has all the ability in the world. Maybe the lights come on for him, and that truly is their best five now. Yeah. But Herb Hand has has some depth now to work with. Uh, yeah, and you go through the stats from this game, and, and you stop me if something really stands out. Um, you know, total yards, 432 for Auburn. Mississippi State, 289. And that's with almost a 200-yard second half for State. I mean, they got nothing in the first half. Yeah, it almost was to them. They had 91 yards at halftime. And yeah. uh, it was funny listening to the uh, to the commentators because they, they said at the end of that half, ah, oh, the ball's just bouncing Auburn's way today. because of- I heard that a lot. I'm thinking – <laughs> I thought, man, it's like it's like 300 yards to 91 yeah. yards, and it's yeah. 35 to nothing. That's a little more than just the ball well, was bouncing that, your way. Was that the same crew that did LSU? No, 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 it no. wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. Who was the LSU? That was Rod Gilmore. And this was Andre Ware? This was Andre okay. Ware. But I did hear that, yes, the ball was bouncing their way. I'm like, that's... That's like it's like what's the movie when you're like winning Rome? You're like that's not when you use that phrase, right? That's you know, when it's thirty-five nothing. Is not when you go. The ball's just bouncing their way. No, that's wrong, right. wrong, that's uh, right. wrong application. Now, now, when 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 Ricardo Lewis catches a ball that bounces off of Trey Matthews, it's Andre Ware. That's when that's when you bring that up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, bad application. Uh, passing uh, fourteen of eighteen for Sean White. Touchdown, a pick, which of course we know the pick was not on him. It's a great pass. Two hundred four yards. I think he had one completion in the second half. Yeah. Um, so great game by Sean White. And four, uh, you know, you said things that stick out to you. Fourteen for eighteen, man, and it really should have been fifteen for eighteen. Fifteen for eighteen and, for whatever. And, and you get a whole other drive there, so it may be even more. But uh, just his accuracy. I mean, you can't you can't coach that. I mean, you can, but but it's it's a it's God given. And uh, the, I mean, the pass to Tony Stevens on the second possession was was remarkable. Yeah. I mean. He still does the thing where he doesn't step in sometimes. I think he's gotten hit enough where I think that bothers him just a little. Um, where you know that, and that was a, that was a, that was a time he that was kind of like a flat-footed just sling it, which is which really makes the pass that much more amazing because it was a, I mean it wasn't a lofted pass it was on the money yeah it was a good pass just a just a perfect pass um, but yeah he he's become so accurate so confident in the offense. You, you see other times, uh, you know, there was a play where, and I think it was a dump out, I think it was actually the play where he dumped it to Petway and Petway tight roped the sideline. Mm. But that play, I'm pretty sure he drops back and he gets a rush, immediately turns and throws it to Petway. Right. Not even a hesitation. I mean, he knew when to make that decision, get it to him real quick. There wasn't any waiting or get a sack. He's just, he's got really good control of the offense and what he's doing right now. Uh, Auburn rushes for 228 yards, 56 rushing attempts. Um, just, just absolutely ground Mississippi State uh, into the ground. Thirty-three minutes of time of possession, which I think Auburn's led the time of possession in about four ga- three or four games in a row now. Um, even back to A and M, they might have. But uh, well, but because the the running plays aren't all that explosive, is why. I mean, when yeah, when you're when you're true. when you're three four yards on the ground instead of you know fifteen or, or twenty at a clip like we'd have with a with a dual threat quarterback on occasion. Uh, over the last couple of years, then then these drives just take longer. They're getting a little more explosive each game. You see a, you see a little bit more uh, Truett finding his groove with some nice runs as well. Uh, the wheel route to Cam to Cam Martin, just a great, oh, yeah. just an that outstanding was awesome. call. That was great. Um, I think Gus Malzahn is undefeated. I said, wow, I should say Rel Ashley. Uh, I think Auburn under Malzahn Lashley is undefeated on the wheel route. I don't think they've ever been beaten on the wheel route. You don't think so? I mean, 
name a play where you where they ran. I mean, I, I mean it just it just they just caught you, it at awesome times. You mean you mean when they catch that pass that they always win, or you mean it's never defended? It's never defended. Oh. I mean, I mean, I mean they they can like you almost just say run the wheel route every play. Yeah, Al Bore just it's ran that a lot too. It's amazing how not just how success not just completing the pass, but every time they run it. It's a huge play. Yeah. Just are, I don't know if it's the timing of it, uh, if it's the design of how they run it that makes it, that disguises it. I don't know, but it's uh, you can ask any you can ask any college football person in the country that follows it. If you say wheel route, they go Malzahn. It just <laughs> it's just it's synonymous at this point. Um, so great performance by Auburn defensively. Another good performance. Obviously shutting down Mississippi State in the first half, forcing turnovers. Um, Marlon Davidson has a forced fumble. Of course, it would. You know, it's not that hard when the tackle just literally doesn't move. I mean, he just stood there on the ground. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear what he said about that? He what thought, did he say? He thought that he had jumped off sides because nobody blocked him. So, so Marlon thought that for oh, a Marlin, second. Okay. Yeah, Marlon thought that, that since he got back there so quick and there, there was no. A, just a slight. Yeah, he paused. Pause, and he yeah. thought that in my, in my mind, I'm thinking that I must have jumped off sides. And I realized that they haven't blown it dead. So it's a good play by him. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, it was a super good play. Montrevious Adams, of course, recovers both fumbles. Um, defensively, Trey Matthews, another another big game, eight tackles. I'm sorry, Trey Williams, eight tackles. Trey Matthews with seven tackles. Rudy Ford with six. I think I saw right now Rudy Ford leading the team in tackles by one with Trey over Trey Matthews. Trey Williams right behind him. Of course, Rudy Ford would be the first Auburn player ever to lead a defense for three seasons in tackles. He's led Auburn in tackles two years in a row. He currently leads him in tackles again. And that's playing safety and nickel and yeah, a lot gets, of positions. The kid just gets to the ball, period. Well, and, and I, I was on the radio this morning in, in Birmingham, and I mentioned Rudy Ford as having a particular good game. He, he's just the glue of that defense. He has been for the last couple of years. but um, He does a lot. And, and, and particularly in this game, I thought it was his pass defense. I mean, he had great coverage on, uh, on, on some plays, and that's kind of been his Achilles heel. Is you know sometimes he's vulnerable in the pass coverage. He's a great come up in the box and 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 come up and run support, and he did that fantastic. They tried to run some of those speed sweeps, those jet sweeps, and and get to the corner on him. He's just so fast. He shut down the corner. He completely took away the, the, that side of the field, and made some outstanding plays behind the line of scrimmage. But he's just a good tackler, and uh, if you know he he looked really well in pass defense this week too. So, so I thought my, I thought he played great. Here's my question, and I want to know what everybody. We're gonna start getting to some questions now. Um, as we get into this, um, get into this, talking about Mississippi State and the bye week a little bit. Remember, um, just a little bit of a reset. Remember to like and share this broadcast. Please, please, please push it out. Um, the response has been amazing so far, people that watch the show, but you can help us. Um, but if you like and share this broadcast, and also go to our sponsor, Pro Car Care in Opelika, find them on Facebook and Instagram. If you like them there, then you enter to win a free car wash in a detail, and they'll reach out to you. And, uh, and you have a chance to win a you know, $30, $40, free car wash detail. They do an awesome job. So please like and share this broadcast uh, and like and share um, Pro Car Care on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and help get the word out. And I also want to uh, call out one of my teammates that I see on here tonight, Herman Banks. He, uh, we came in together, and Herman was from Hartsell, Alabama. Uh, played in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game together. I, I think he scored the only touchdown in that game for Team Alabama. And then uh, – was moved to corner here our freshman year and uh, was really a great athlete. And uh, I, I, it's sad to say I don't know what all happened, what, what happened or became a Herman. 
But uh, so, I see him on here tonight. So I'm going to let us know how you're doing, buddy. Shoot us a question. So here's here's my question. Auburn, here Auburn is three games in a row. Best game of the year they're coming off on the road. And now they have a bye. Is this perfect timing for a bye? Or is it terrible timing for a bye? And you say, my gosh, three games in a row, we just played our, our best game. Let us come back home and play Arkansas right now with the momentum. Or is the bye week – Well, the, I mean, do you think Auburn has just now getting the momentum? Is a bye week going to stunt that? Or do you think that they've found something here where the bye week shouldn't stunt their momentum going into Arkansas? No, I, I think the bye week is, is good right now where it is. I mean, you – You've just come off your first road uh, win and your first road game. You, you've you've got your starting tailback that was banged up, and you definitely need him back. I mean, we, we can't we can't continue to ride Camp Petway like that uh, much longer. So he's going to have to have somebody to to spell him. And, and I think that they're just going to hone in and, and kind of fine tune and add some new wrinkles to uh, to what they found here. Uh, I don't see any reason why confidence would would be diminished uh, any, but by sitting here in an off week, and, and at the same time, you've got your you've got Arkansas, who just played a, a physical game against Alabama, and Alabama coming up, and then who Ole do Miss. they play this week? They play Ole Miss this week, so they're going to play another physical game. So yep. you're sitting here, all the confidence in the world, and your next opponent's going to have to battle for two straight weeks. So I, I think it sets up well for Auburn. Um, you mentioned a good point about wrinkles. So generally, in the in the, in the bye week, uh, it's a chance to obviously self scout, mm-hmm. get healthy. Um, but especially if you have a big game coming off the bye week, you, generally you see wrinkles. You see new things like, okay, we're gonna put a wrinkle in. They haven't seen it. It's a perfect. We have a win extra week. But is the situation Auburn's in offensively? Do you do that when you're just finding your niche on offense and you're finding everything you should be doing? Do you do you throw wrinkles in, or, or are you still like, you know what, I still want to build the foundation of what we have, continue building on that, and just keep getting better at that? Or do you spend some time this week and try to throw new things in there? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a little bit of a risk, I would think, in, in saying, well, I'm going to throw a couple of wrinkles in when they're just kind of getting in the rhythm of what, what they're going to be, if they're going to be a successful offense. Yeah, the, I, the truth is you do both. I mean, you, you build on the foundation that you've established, and you're going to – the same plays that you run, you're going to make sure that you run them well and that everybody's on the same page. But you, you're going to game plan week to week, and, and you're always going to see a new wrinkle here or there based off of what the defense gives you or what they're just prone to do. And uh, I think that Coach Lashley's already done a good job of sort of using – um, self-scouting and using what, what we have done, our tendencies, yeah. and kind of going against the grain here a little bit with some of the passing on first down, with, with going across the middle more, yep. taking more shots down the field. Um, you know, the, like we talked about, slipping the fullback out into the flat. You know, just some things that we haven't seen. He, he's already moved in that direction, and I think they'll continue to do that. But, you know, it all hinges on, on being able to have success running the football. And, and, and when you control the line of scrimmage like we did, you're going to be successful against everybody. I mean, you just will be. It doesn't matter how many wrinkles they put in. But there's going to come a time where there's going to be a defense that, that lines up against this, and, and it's not going to be that easy up across the front. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll have to we'll have to have those wrinkles in in, in the play, in the playbook at that time to uh, to be able to have some success and move the football consistently. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And the, and the big thing is with carry on getting injured, it kind of makes you know any thought of keeping the momentum going, all of that. If, yeah. if, if nothing else, getting him healthy makes the bye week worth it. Because and you I, don't want to go another game trying to ride that way at the, the whole time. Right. You need carry on. And I saw carry on yesterday. And I uh, saw you tweet that. So you, 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 you he came in to try on. He came in for an eye exam. And, uh, yeah, but he was uh, obviously, you know, he's 
He's in great spirits. How he look? He looks good. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. I mean, I. He, he, he was he was in good spirits and shoes hobbling. Did he run in? Did he run out? No, he didn't run in or run out. But uh, so he walked. Uh, he walked in on his own power. No, he didn't walk in on his own power. He walked in on crutches. So I mean, they, they're going to keep they're going to keep these kids on yeah. crutches for precautionary reasons. Absolutely. Uh, for so the duration, the he'll, he'll probably stay in crutches. He'll probably stay in crutches or boots the rest of the season. And uh, that's just yeah, the nature. Yeah, he'll be Arkansas. It'll be he just got he's in a boot or oh, yeah. be worried. But yeah, it'll be just uh, so he's in he's in full on protection mode and in treatment mode, and, and they all. I mean, it's not just him. There's lots of guys that uh, that are going to do that. But uh, but I tell you, I tell you this: a quality quality young man. My goodness, well spoken, sure yep. um, thoughtful. Um, you know, people coming up to him. He's just a he's a class act. I mean, if, if you. If you want to point to somebody and say, "I'm I'm proud that that kid wears this uniform," that's a kid that um, that you would point to, and uh, it's a super super young man. Yeah, Karen's a Karen's a great kid. Um, so we're starting to get a little national attention. They're 23rd in the AP poll. They're 26th in the coaches poll. Who's 25th in the coaches poll? Does anybody know? Drum roll. Coaches poll 25th, one one spot ahead of Auburn. LSU. A team called LSU. So for those that don't know, and I'm looking at you coaches, um, Auburn and LSU have played this year. And see, what happened was Auburn won. I don't know if I'm breaking any news there. So they've played, Auburn won, um, and LSU fired their coach in the middle of the season, and you still have them ahead of Auburn. Anyway, it doesn't really matter to Auburn at this point. It's just stupid. So but you know what? Stupid things. I was thinking about LSU driving over here. Um, I didn't. Why? I didn't see that poll, but because I saw where their their mascot died. Here's the thinking of you. Oh yes. And, and, but, but honestly, six. I started thinking that man, those those poor fans have been through hell this year. I mean, they they had they had the weather and all the flooding. They had a preseason top five team. They had a quarterback they had high expectations in. A guy they thought was going to compete for the Heisman Trophy. They had a police shooting. Not to get they had, a, up, they, had a, they had a police shooting police there um, in, in town. Um, now they've they, they've they've got a quarterback that transferred in. That now their coach Pat Orgeron. Their coach left. They've got Orgeron. Their, their mascot passed away today. So I, I, they've had they've had a tough time, man. It's been a tough go. They lost. They they beat us and then lost to us and beat and lost to us. It has been rough. I think they'll survive. They'll survive, but uh, but I, I did I did feel pity for them. Pain away. Um, but so, I I have less pity now that they they're ahead of us in the coaches' poll. That kind of makes me yeah, I mean, what, a little angry. Seriously. Anyway, uh, so you know I watch a lot of college football, and I'm curious. I want to know what you what you guys think at home. Um, people that have watched a, a lot of teams around the country. Is Auburn? Is there a more dangerous team right now? Of in terms of team that started slow early in the season are not being talked about and what they could be, what the record could be, what kind of impact they could have on the conference or national scene. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, do you guys think, by the way, do you guys think Auburn could beat A&M if they played again? Yeah, they, they could have beat them the first time. They certainly could beat them now. A&M really, is a good football team, though. So, But I wouldn't, if they played now, sure, Auburn's not going to go out and and you know, muck around on offense. Sean didn't play that great that game, whatever. Um, but back to the question, is there a team in college football that's as dangerous as Auburn? And I go to that because you listen to Gus Malzahn talking. He says, we're getting better. Our team knows it. Our coaches know it. We've got to continue to do that. Very few teams in college football actually get better throughout the year. And we've got a chance to be one of those teams. Um, 
Alex Kozan chimes in and marks back 2013 and says, we barely beat Washington State in 2013, um, which I don't know about barely, but it, it certainly wasn't a blowout. I mean, if Auburn was playing the way they were against Florida State, they'd have beaten Washington State by, you know, four touchdowns. But it was it was kind of a trying-to-find-yourself kind of game. Um, Kozan says, I think we have a chance to get better every game. And then he ends it by saying, Kozan, I think we have a chance to win every game. we got to take it one game at a time. Uh, yada, 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 but I think we can win every game. Um, they proved that in, re- in week one. I mean, having, having the chance to, to beat that, a team that, that was... That now it's combining. Absolutely. Like, okay, now, if we had to play that a game again, or... Yeah, I, I, I think that they're, I think they're as, as dangerous of any team out there. I mean, there's nobody that's, that's looking at their schedule and excited to play Auburn right now. I can tell you that. No. Um, but, you know, if I'm going to be real, I mean, there's... There's some other teams that, that I would say that, hey, you know, I'd, I'd much rather see Auburn than that town. I'd much rather see Auburn than sure, Alabama sure. right now. I'd much rather – uh, Ole Miss is going to be a, a difficult team. That, that's a team right there that could legitimately sit there and say, man, if we could just protect the football, we'd yeah. be undefeated right now number one in the country. Yeah, they're, they're good. But, um, but in terms of the national scene, if you were buying stock, let's treat it like stock, and you have the teams that are at the top, you know, they're, they're there. If you're trying to buy stock, your Auburn's Auburn's has to be oh, yeah. at the top of the list. Oh, yeah, because you like, got it so low. And and but in the potential of what it could be. I mean, absolutely. You're buying stock in Auburn right now. What they could be, they're starting to find themselves. And uh, and you're right. I mean, we we stood here a couple of weeks ago, maybe before LSU. Um, and we and yeah, it was before LSU because we were talking about LSU being the pivotal game. If they lose it. This season is just shot. If they win it, it sets them up to rebound the entire thing. Absolutely. They win the game. But we talked about before that game, I sat here and said, they better win this game because right now they'd be an underdog. Arkansas would be a loss. Ole Miss would be a loss. Georgia would be a loss. Alabama would be a loss. I mean, and kind of matter of factly, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Now here you are four and two, and you're going, they're very well going to be a favorite against Arkansas. They'd probably be a favorite against Georgia. I mean, I don't know if they'd be a favorite against Georgia, but it'd be basically a pick them. Uh, on the road, yeah, it depends on what Georgia uh, does, but uh, I mean, they're yeah, not right they're now. Not, you're right. I mean, just completely changed by Auburn getting their act together. Um, and you watch Arkansas give up big play after big play after big play. That's a good thing to see if you're Auburn. Um, but man, I was impressed with with Arkansas's quarterback. I mean, that kid. He's tough. He's like his brother. Yeah. You know, it's the younger brother of. He's of better than his Brandon brother. Allen. He's I think he's better kid, than his brother. Which yeah. could be interesting if he goes through another physical game against Ole Miss. Yeah. he's a tough kid. You go through that, then you go through Ole Miss, who's going to put pressure on you. Then you go on the road against Auburn. Auburn's got a chance to get him in a in a tired in a tired oh, spot. Oh yeah, man! A, I mean, he spot. just got pounded by Alabama, but he kept he kept competing and he made some great throws. But man, his offensive line was so porous, and it was on the snap of the ball, Alabama was all over him. And you want to know why Alabama wins the way they do? Nick Saban's reaction when they won forty nine thirty. I mean, we laugh at that, and you're like, "What a loon!" Right? How crazy is this guy? <laughs> That is why they are what they are. Because Nick Saban's not in this game to win. He's not there to win. He's there because he expects every player to do their job and to play perfect. And if they don't, it doesn't meet his expectations. You might say, well, that's kind of – of course he does. You know, he, well, he's got other goals. But that's his – I mean, he just goes out there and looks at his team and they play. And he's like, if we give up a late touchdown, he's pissed. Oh, well, he's, I mean, he's he, just he's just furious he, whereas Gus is going, hey, no complaints from me, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Gus is saying no complaints for me. We won, which is I get it. They're in different places from where Auburn was to where they are now. That's a that's a that's a good attitude to have. Hey, well, he's trying to so much better. He's trying to motivate his team and and, the, and 
you know, one of the only ways he can. But I love, I love sitting. But he's about twenty, and Nick Saban's throwing his stuff. Well, he's extra prideful when, when, you know, what's happening is is his his secondary is giving up a lot of yardage because that's his that's his baby. Yep. And so, you know, I, I can only imagine that the, the 2014 Iron Bowl where Auburn threw for all those yards, Nick Marshall, and, and scored all those points. He, he probably, I mean, I'm sure that aided him. I know he won, I know he liked winning, but my gosh, I bet that aided him yeah, for yeah, you're right. months. So I'm reading a story today, statistically speaking, by uh, James Carpea uh, at AL.com. Um, and for those that have not read it, you can think about this as I ask you this question. When's the last time Auburn – had a top 30 statistical defense and a top 30 statistical offense uh, at any point uh, in the season. We talked about it before the show, and you thought... I said 2010, but but we really weren't that good defense. We were just good in the red Probably zone the 50s, and good in takeaway. Yeah, rush defense was good. Pass defense was like 70s or something. But I was wrong. The last time Auburn had a top 30 offense and defense at the same time was 12 years ago, 2004. One of Auburn's greatest teams, undefeated, um, thought they were robbed of a national championship. Uh, that's the last time Auburn's been top 30 in, in both offense and defense at any point. And here we are. It's amazing to think after the, the game against Clemson, it was just a debacle. And, and really after AM. And then now here we are saying Auburn's total offense, they're ranked 28th in the country. And then you go down to total defense, and they're ranked 29th in the country. Yeah. Right? You're like, what? How, how far has this team come in a little over a month to where statistically they're 10th in the country in rushing? Um, they're even better in scoring defense. They're, uh, they're 12th in the country in scoring defense. They're giving up 10 points a game less than last year and the year before, 10 points. That's massive. Uh, and it's just it's it's just amazing. I know Auburn. Some of their stats were padded against Arkansas State and La Monroe, um, but they, they they had how many drives of fifty yards or more against LSU? Six, seven, eight of those. Yeah, but convert. I mean, they they have come a tremendous well, people, way. But people want to want to look at those kind of things and say, well, but they look who they played. They padded them against this team. Everybody's padding Everybody their stats that. against. But seven hundred yards is, is like a notch above. Sure, it's but like but how many? And then, that's right, but how many teams have have competed against um, yeah, no, two, right. two top five teams? You know, not right. not many. So I mean, well, it goes both ways. That's three deep. That's three legit physical NFL producing programs and defenses. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, um, and Mississippi State, you can throw their defense in there. Offensively, yeah. Mississippi State was not good, but oh, yeah. uh, but but, but defensively, they're 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 a decent defense. But it's amazing to look through at how Auburn's come, uh, how, how far they come. Sean White, I think, is leading the league in completion percentage, 70% of his passes. He's, he's even more than that over the last four games. He's probably yeah. 75 76%. Uh, sacks uh, was always a hot topic. So two years ago when Auburn was, you know, top five and then it kind of went down, they had 14 sa- 15 sacks on the season two years ago. They've already got 15. They've already got 15 sacks. They're sitting here uh, at uh, – Oh, I'm sorry. That's sacks allowed. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, they had 21 sacks, and they're sitting at 14 now. They're 52nd in the country with 14 sacks, two and a half a game, almost one full sack more a game than last yeah. year. Third down defense is amazing. They're 24th in the country. Uh, third down defense. Um, you just look through here, and, and after the first couple of weeks, it's kind of amazing. They're still 81st in red zone offense. That's gonna that's gonna take a, a while to get up, but. Um, Third well, down conversions, they're 22nd in the country. Yeah. 
And a lot of those stats, you know, that, that we knew that defensively that they were they were solid. I mean, from the first first week out, and they've continued to do that. And that's going to keep them in every game. It has, and, and it'll continue to do that against everyone that we play. Um, I think Ole Miss will probably be um, the most difficult matchup for us, but um, not inconceivable to to go in and have success against a team like that no, when you can similar. rush the when you can when you can when you can blitz the passer like we can or yeah. rush the passer. But um, you know, I, I really think that the biggest thing is that is the defense having the offense now come around and give them that shot in the arm and know that that effort's not in vain and know that that offense can move the football and have confidence in them to score points. I mean, that's that was the whole problem after the first, you know, two real games we played was, is this defense going to fall away and are we going to lose the effort because they just don't trust the offense. And yeah. uh, that'll happen That'll happen in a hurry if, uh, if you truly see that week in and week out. And I'm glad the offense has finally come through and, uh, and is showing some – that they can actually score points in this conference. Yeah, they're doing a, a really nice job. Uh, but we had a comment from uh, Jimmy Arnold who said, uh, my my comments on Nick Saban, uh, that that's not why they're good. It's good because they've number one recruiting classes. Well, that's, that that's Nick true Saban too. Nick Saban recruits. <laughs> come on, come on, man. I mean, we, let's be real. I mean, we can be real about Alabama. Here. Let's, just, let's just be real. Yeah, they're good because they have talent. Um, but there's 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 other teams that have that kind of talent that don't do it since 2008. I mean, you think you think there's other teams that have that year. kind of talent? Well, yeah. Who? Within a, maybe not. I mean, not to every number one class every single year. But there's programs that have recruited at a the difference. We talked about this. The difference in recruiting. If I'm a ten, number ten class and you're a number one class, you know what the difference in that is? Like maybe two five stars. That's it. I mean, that could be the difference between a 10 class and a 1 class. Maybe maybe two 5 stars and a 4. Well, here, here's the difference. Now you add it up. Yes, now all of a sudden i got, I got 10 guys that you don't have. But The, the difference that I see in their program compared to others um, is that when their 5 stars come in, they they don't – they play. They contribute immediately. Deron Payne's a beast. And, um, and they get better. And, and I think that that's where we struggled is having our guys that this are year? – no, this year it's been great. Kind of a kind of a revelation. Absolutely, I mean, we got the like, young wow, receivers. We got Davis. Yeah, Everybody's that, kind those, of doing their you're, part. You're exactly right. I think that they deserve credit for that. But yeah. we've struggled to get those guys to where they need to be. I agree. And exactly. I think that just came with recruiting those guys and starting to build an infrastructure for having those type of athletes on campus. Ohio State. Yep, they got great talent. Yeah, and they beat the brakes off Alabama um, a couple of years ago, and they're good again this year. So, anyway, it's uh, it's uh. It's the whole package. All right. So I'm reading a story by uh, Brandon Marcello, our friend Brandon Marcello at Auburn247sports.com today. Uh, and it was, a, it was a really great piece. If you haven't had a chance to go read it, um, go check it out. So Brandon grew up in, in Arkansas, followed Lashley. It knew When he was growing up in Arkansas and becoming a journalist, he, they were at Shiloh Christian, Lashley and Malzahn. So he goes back a long way with them. He's gone back and written stories. So he's very familiar with – that scene when Lashley was a quarterback at Shiloh, uh, and Lashley was really the first quarterback to set national records with Malzahn at Shiloh, but he has a really, really good story, and it's his opinion, it has some facts, but it's very much his opinion, but, but it makes a lot of good points, and um, it's some interesting stuff, and he really, the, the, the gist of it is, we're talking about Sean White and his development, how has Sean White, um, even through the struggles, how has he just maintained you know, it's like he's kind of become the guy, and he hasn't missed a beat. He's, he's, he's accurate. There's no, you know, it didn't, the, the beginning of the season hasn't messed with him now. Um, but he really puts it all on Rhett Lashley, and he basically says, 
Sean White is was Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley was that guy. He was that guy that could pick up some yards with his feet, but he wasn't at super athletic. He was smart. He was tough. He was accurate. Um, and so he really puts a lot of it on. In so many words, he really says, you want to talk about the offense and the turnaround and Sean White? Rhett Lashley, period, in discussion. Because he's saying, basically, Rhett is, is looking at himself out there. Yeah. And, he's, and, he, and so he has this, this really interesting connection um, with Sean in terms of, I know exactly what he's thinking or what his weaknesses and strengths are and what he does well and doesn't do well and how to put him in the right positions to be successful, the kind of, the kind of routes he throws well. Um, you know, whatever, rolling out, not rolling out, whatever it might be, he really kind of relates it to, um, you know, Rhett just having a really good connection with Sean and what he is out there and how to put him in good positions, more so than a lot of times you see an offensive coordinator and a quarterback. Generally, they're not as young as Rhett. Uh, they don't have the background. It's just two guys that have that are very connected in a lot of ways, and it was just a really, it's a really good story. Do you see it that way? I mean, do you, do you see? Literally, offense. We talk about finding their niche and everybody finding their role. Is it is it Rhett Lashley creating a story? That one change in, in Rhett and his in kind of how he sees, especially Sean. Do you, do you buy into this in terms of how he, how everything's just sort of turned around? Uh yeah. Or are there I mean, other things that have happened that needed to happen. Period. Whether Rhett was calling plays or not, or. Well, I, I think that the, uh, the the culmination of both uh, moving Golson uh, over to center. And um, and having Rhett call the plays, I think that that's when we saw this actually come to fruition and, and, and spike. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think that he probably sees a lot of himself in in, in Sean White, and and that's probably why they went after him. And and, and Sean White, I mean, you can say a lot of things about the kid, but um, one thing that that nobody will question is that you know he's a competitive guy. I mean, he, he's got such a, a competitive drive. You don't you don't go to the Elite Eleven camp and, and walk away the winner if you don't really want to win that thing. You yeah. you don't you don't go to the um, Under Armour All Star game when you're not even an invite. Show up late and win the MVP honors if you're not an ultra competitor. Um, I just think that they sense that in him, and, and I think that, that that he and Rhett probably feed off of each other because of Rhett's. You know, understanding of this offense, uh, the fact that he was so successful in it, um, the fact that he grew up in it, um, and, and, and now having the freedom to be able to implement it in the way that um, that he sees fit and put the pieces together. You know, it, it's really been unfortunate for Rhett all these years because he's lived, he's had to live and die by the success of the offense when he didn't. You know, he oh, yeah. he didn't hold the keys, and which is tough to have the title but not have the control. No doubt, no doubt about that, it. Uh, some of the blame sometimes it's that's tough. It's and, so and, and and so you know, knowing that uh, hey, look, that the buck stops with you, and you you have the you now have the uh, the freedom to develop this plan like you want to, and you're going to call the plays, and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna ride you. And I just think he's really stepped up to the plate, and and uh, I think Sean has benefited mightily from that because we're not asking Sean to do things he's he's uncomfortable doing, and uh, maybe it takes a quarterback in this system to know what that means. And uh, so uh, um, how it's all come about, but uh, I think they're a good match. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a great match. Uh, here, last last couple of minutes in the show, make sure and like and share the broadcast uh, and go like Pro Car Care of Belica Facebook and Instagram account. Go like them to win a, win a free car wash in detail. 
uh, and help us uh, help us push the the show out there, get more people involved. We love the reaction and the questions and the comments and the emails and messages we get. Um, let's keep those rolling. Um, in the last few minutes, make sure and like and share the broadcast. Um, a, a part of Brandon's article that I thought was really good, and he writes, Lashley is not only smart, but his instincts are impeccable. He's creative, structured, and disciplined. He in the athletics. Sure but he's also a heck of a position coach. Um, and so I think, I think that's a lot of good points. I think that's a lot of good points. And it's, it's, it's really, it could be, as the season goes on, it really could be an amazing story. Right, Lashley could be an amazing story because it's how many times do you get changing a play caller in the middle of the year and you could have the turnaround. I mean, you go back and look at Auburn in the first few games offensively and then what they do the rest of the year, and you feel like, wow. Oh, he just started calling plays, and they went from that to that, and he just picked it up like that, and it's just been it's – been, it's been not just better but more profound and more significant than I – quicker than I, I would have thought. I mean, I wouldn't have thought when they switched play callers that Auburn – like three weeks later, Auburn would be, you know, running up on the road against an SEC team, just running roughshod over people and look like they've they never quarterback. Quarterback this year was Sean White, but he was also Jeremy Johnson's position coach last year, and had him in the system for for several years. You know, it's it's it's, it's the yeah. same guy. So you know, let's let's continue on this track, and I think that he'll get all the the credit and uh, and all the honors that he deserves for for putting that team in position to win games. But um, you know, we got a we got some tough opponents coming up, and and they're going to have to play well, and he's going to have to do a great job getting them ready to play well. Uh, and I think he's perfectly capable. He's shown that. But, uh, you know, I would just, before we build him up to expectations that, that he can't attain. Too late. This, is, this article already did it. This article <laughs> already tapped the break. Ashley up. I mean, this is how it ended. And how I think he's Sean done a White, great job. How is Sean White leading the SEC and completing 77% of his passes in the last three games? Why was Shiloh Christian so successful in the late 1990s? How did the worst red zone offense in the SEC suddenly turn a corner and score eight touchdowns in its last ten trips inside the 20-yard line? The answer is simple. His name is Rhett Lashley. You read that backwards. You read from the yeah, bottom up. That was one, pretty, that was pretty oh, there's interesting. There's another question mark. Oh, there's another question mark. <laughs> I thought there was just one at the end, and then I realized there was one above. I thought maybe you were Greek or something reading. Things coming to the season. Those two positions have completely stepped up. Ryan Davis looks like a veteran. Um, Tony Stevens looks like a veteran most of the time. Kyle Davis does not look like a true freshman. Same with linebackers. Deshaun Davis, Daryl Williams, Montavious Atkinson. Um, those two positions were positions I thought coming into the year there's guys, but I don't know. I mean, they don't really, yeah. I don't see a, a, a proven baller playmaker, and they've been huge strengths, and Cody – Deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he does, and, a good coach. He, and, and, and Cody has a really a difficult task because he's got he's got a lot of young guys that have come in that are highly touted that expect to play, and these aren't guys that came in here to block. Well, what was Cody Burns? He was the ultimate block. receiver that would come in and block and, and and lay his body on the line. Probably why Darius Slayton has started since day one. Though. You ever watch him block? He's a good blocker. He's good. Oh yeah, he's physical. And he's a good blocker. He is, and yeah. ran an amazing rub route to yep. get Ryan Davis open. Yeah, like a veteran. Go out and then turn into the guy and put your hand up like you're like you're actually gonna maybe catch a ball. <laughs> but I, you know, that's just that's a tough place for Cody to be. To um, you know, he's trying to mold these guys that that are probably more athletically gifted than he. Uh, there's a little bit of both. So I don't know. Probably there's there's probably one or two guys that are there. It depends on the staff, but I mean, look at Tommy Thigpen. I mean, 
mean, what did Tommy Thigpen coach? I mean, I, he, I, he, I mean, I'm just thinking Tommy Thigpen. I mean, he, he was the uh, secondary know, he coach. Was secondary, same thing. I mean, that guy, nobody was going. Tommy Thigpen's doing a killer job at recruiter, recruiter. Uh, so it's uh, the same, same type of deal, same type of deal. Um, so we'll make sure and uh, appreciate everybody joining us tonight. We'll kind of wrap it up there. It's been a nice hour uh, doing.